What? The fuck do you want? Nothing. What are you laughing at? <clears throat> Good to go? Mm, yep. Yeah, I'm kind of not sold on the smell of that wine, but yeah, I'm good to go. What do we got? Yeah, I'm good to go. Seventy six chicks with dicks. I don't know if we can roll with that. Not in this climate. Seventy six. Don't forget your Vix. Seriously, put a bit on a bit of your soccer shirt under your nostrils, on the top of your lip before you start a game of soccer, game of footy, game of whatever you're doing. Any f- sort of physical activity, it'll help you breathe. It's really good. This is the Night Shift Football Podcast. It is episode 76. I've got Tommy on the other end of the line. We're going to jump straight into it because there's some massive breaking news. Huge. The, the biggest of news. Scott Parker has been <laughs> sacked. The Premier League's lost its first casualty. The most unexpected of news, maybe. The, I mean, the best reason why we record on a Tuesday sometimes because we get the breaking news. We're the first pod to react to this. I'm positive of it. <laughs> and by the time people hear it, there'll be uh, many others that will have already done theirs. And yeah, and super, yeah sparsus. But, it, you know, there'll be a lot of people listening thinking, who the fuck is Scott Parker? Who are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Scott Parker, Bournemouth manager, gone. Uh, what have they shipped? Uh, oh, well, nine on the weekend, but they've been on the end of a couple of hidings already this year. They're not scoring goals. They look, they look gross. <laughs> They've already got but, a goal difference of minus fourteen. They do look gross, and you made you know quite the condescending post about them on the weekend. You think we should relegate them already? Uh, not now that they've gotten rid of Scott Parker, but if they'd oh. kept him, I think it would have been worth just relegating them and giving everyone six points. Or it's he, not too late to bring up the top team in the championship. Who is that right now? Do you know? I don't know. Or whoever was like seventh last year. I don't know. Just something that's what not normal. Just bring him up. Yeah. Are, are you not a Scotty Parker fan? He is the man that, you know, has the best Blazer collection in the Premier League. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan. I don't know him. You know, never met the guy. Uh, what? What do you think of this? Uh, what do you think of this sacking? Jumping the gun or fair? Uh, from what I've read, it's like a disagreement on transfer policy, and that, I guess that equates to ambition. And we we made the point a couple of weeks ago about Bournemouth and their lack of transfer spend at all. They've signed three players, maybe in general, and like this is in a league spent in excess of 1.5 billion pounds in the last transfer window. And so when you're a team that has not spent any money, there is a glaring disparity between, you know, the quality of Liverpool, for example, and Bournemouth. And, you, you know, you can't really bridge that gap in one transfer window. We'll find that out later on in the pod with a couple other teams that came up against some good teams. But for Bournemouth to not even try and strengthen. I think it just reinforces what we said. Maybe they're just preparing to go back down and accept the the yo-yo money. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, the 
he leaves there with a 50% win rate as well. Um, for me today, when I first saw it, I thought it was probably uh, fair. I think okay. Bournemouth are looking at... <laughs> this is just me putting this whole man's career on uh, you know one job where he got Fulham promoted. He also then got Fulham relegated. And I don't know if Bournemouth has seen the writing on the wall there straight away already and thinking, fuck it, this is deja vu for the guy. Maybe we just make the move now. But, yeah. It's not a bad shout. I just, for me, when Leeds obviously played Fulham in the championship and I always thought Fulham were quite a good side. And the problem was when he came up the next season, he tried to like maintain that philosophy and he tried to maintain that style of play. And it only really works for the really extravagant or the truly great, like the Sheffield Uniteds in the first season, Leeds under Bielsa. But Scott Parker's formation wasn't any structure and style, wasn't as innovative, or did it lend itself to the players that he had so well that it could stay up in the Prem. But in this Bournemouth situation, it's totally different because he's got no investment and he's got no backing by the sounds of it of anyone in the club to try and keep these guys up. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, I was looking through there. Even before the game started on the weekend, I was looking through their squad and I was like, this this stinks. Oh, it's trash. <laughs> this, this straight up sucks. Um, I mean, it's not trash. These are good players, but they're just. It, this is not a Premier League side. Not to survive in the Premier League at the moment, I don't think it is. Um, maybe with a new manager, who knows? But, oh, come on. But who's going to take it? This I don't is the know. thing. That's the thing. Yeah, who would want to? And the news comes out that you're not going to be supported with money. Like, who the hell is going to go there? It just because you're burning your career, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to for Scott Parker now. I guess he's another championship team. Yeah, but he was linked at one point with the Spurs job. Um, never ended up having Mourinho stayed a bit longer, and then they've ended up mm. where they are now. But I'm sure they're yeah. glad they waited. What a what a strange set of circumstances that was sliding doors moment. Cool for Grace, yeah. But, yeah. but do do you think he could wind up what at Grace? The first? Well, I mean, he he had it's a really a good fall profession- from any Grace. He had a good professional career in which he's a as world a footballer. A, yeah, as a footballer, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't stretch it into managing though. It's yeah. Okay. I don't think it's yep. fair to tie different things. Yeah, different things. But could he be the first in line for one of the lower, you know, the bottom ten teams in the Prem? the first manager that gets sacked, is he the guy that goes into the role? I'm not sure it's a risk clubs would be looking to take. Who knows? Who knows? I have to admit, like last week we talked about some managers being under pressure, albeit with like, it was kind of with a bit of jest, you know, Stephen Gerrard, Brendan Rodgers, clubs that had spent a bit of money and so far not looked very good at all. David Moyes even with West Ham. But I seriously didn't expect anyone in the league to be to be sacked this early. Um, I didn't think anyone was truly under pressure of that sort of thing happening. And then bang and nine nil and someone's hit the red button. See you later. Yeah. It's, it's kind of grotesque. I think <laughs> I don't know if it's a record this early, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like he's got an opportunity to do what he wants to do. Yeah. It's grim. And Bournemouth are, to be fair to them, are out of the relegation zone at the moment with their three points. <laughs> Well, I mean, doesn't that say it all right now? We've got a Leicester City that's dead bottom, a Wolves that are second bottom, two teams who I think are phenomenally better than Bournemouth. 
oh, they're not even in the same grade, really. The other one is Everton, but I don't really want to talk about them. No, we can skip them this week if you want. Yeah, completely skip them. I think I think we've said our part on Everton and their long ball bullshit. I'm not interested. The new Burnley. I can't even think of who they played right now. I don't have it in my notes here. It's literally the only one of the 10 games we didn't even... They must have won. That must be why we're blocking it out. We get on our... Um, for those at home, we get online. We we have a bit of a chat. We talk some shit about soccer before we hit record and talk shit about soccer. <laughs> we go through which games we... <laughs> Which games we might want to talk about, and Everton has not even sprung to mind for any of us. It's just glossed. We've glossed over it. Okay, they drew one-one away to Brentford. There you go. Ignored it. Don't care. Sorry for sorry for all the Brentford fans. You're just collateral damage. You are unlucky. Um, yeah, I guess. Did you watch the Liverpool game? Uh, no, I didn't, but I watched it back. I mean, it's always great when a highlights package is five minutes long. You know, some shit's gone on. Yeah, some shit went down. Uh, I know <laughs> a lot of people would have uh, been very upset with the Salah as captain in our fantasy league, including ourselves. Um, How the hell do Liverpool score nine goals and the guy is only involved in one of them? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yes. Yeah. Um, you would expect when you look Liverpool 9-0, click on it, and you've Salah seen five. Salah has done nothing. I want to see, I want to see him score five. Yeah, um, that was it. Was a I don't know. Liverpool were extremely clinical, sure, but Bournemouth were absolutely gross, like vomit-inducing gross. They were like just the amount of space and lack of pressure, and they didn't even try to like put a bunch of men behind the ball to stop Liverpool scoring. Like from the from the get go, it was just like come at us and absolutely bury us. <laughs> with no like tactical solidity at all just like okay onslaught please i mean they had two goals within the first 10 minutes um at, at what point should a match invoke the mercy rule uh 10 10 you reckon it hits 10 that's game over double digits you go home all right that's fair. and you get relegated do you think that's why they stopped short do you think they were like okay let's not totally embarrass them <laughs> Our fans want their money worth. They want their 90 minutes. Do you reckon um, Do you reckon Klopp's post-match like embrace of Scott Parker on the sidelines and his comments, um, you know, post-game to the press saying that it's not Scott Parker's fault that he came up against like a wounded Liverpool or a Liverpool that were looking to bounce back from the, the start that they've had. Do you think that's condescending now in hindsight of everything that's gone on? Ugh. <sighs> I wouldn't have thought Klopp is the sort of guy who means stuff like that as condescending. Mm-hmm. It may come across that way. I doubt that's the intention there from someone like Jurgen. Don't think it's just. It kind of just sounds like okay, we're the big boys. We're going to give you a little pat on the head. Well, you try. It, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, what? <laughs> that literally is what it was, though. But exactly, what humility should the Super League teams take when they absolutely trounce the promoted teams? Is it just fair game? Should they just more shit housery? There wasn't really shit housery, was there? No, not at all. That's what I'm trying to say. Should they go more? No, no, no. no it's fine. Or do you think they should stay respectful? I think leave it. You don't need to. I, I actually, I get triggered when like Man City score a late winner against someone, 
and they run off and they give it to the away fans of some pov club. You're like, come on. Come on, mate. Read the room. It's it's not their fault. Exactly. <laughs> Read the room. They're doing what they can. Yeah. They're here on a scholarship, bro. Um, you got anything you wanted to say about Liverpool and or Bournemouth and or uh, our man Scott Parker, RIP? Yeah, rip Scott Parker, another good man put to rest. If you know, if you're in Salvos, maybe you can find a like yeah. a like for like blazer that he did wear. There was a couple of good Liverpool goals. The Alexander Arnold one makes you think that he's probably more suited to not being a fullback. And then, do you want to jump in? No, 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 go. And then I was going to say the Harvey Elliott goal after we have been trashing him lately for a couple of weeks. Finally yeah. scores his first prem. And well, it's nice to see it was a good finish. Maybe Scott Parker can get a gig for Liverpool and he'll probably score a goal because Liverpool got all these dead guys scoring goals from Van Dyke. Harvey Elliott. All it's ridiculous. Footballers that had tragic on-field footballing accidents that led to their deaths somehow scoring goals. So this is this is how you rig an election. You get dead people to vote. You get dead people to score. Dead people to what, score goals for Liverpool. Ridiculous situation we're in. But there was one. There was one goal. I just want to pick up quick. Here we go. Um, it may be the fourth goal, and there was just this insane deflection that put the ball into the path of the goal scorer. And you just watch it and you're like, well, there's nothing a Bournemouth team can do about that. It's just one of those days. It's just one of those things that you cop when you're playing against the Super League team. Um, have you seen the sixth goal? Is that the one that should have been offside? I th- well, that was what I was going to ask you. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Think it should have been offside? Because he only plays at it because he's That's, advanced that would be in an offside point. position. Yeah. You know? But that doesn't make any sense. Why are we suggesting the defender should leave the ball so that the Liverpool player can score there, and then it would get that, called back and be offside? That's the thing. It would have been better you know, off that, leaving it. That's I, that, yeah. It's a crazy way to train young defenders to do that kind if of. If we're going to give that, if you're going to not, if you're giving that um, onside, you're saying that's not offside. Then I don't ever want to see a goal disallowed for someone because they're blocking the keeper's view. Precisely. I'm totally with you. Yep. I 100% agree with that. It reminds me, this is a red edition thing, but the Mork goal against Victory, but potentially, or Sydney or something, he was standing in the view of the keeper. Maybe. Victory. Yeah, Victory. And yep. It just, it has no, you've got to have some consistency, man. And when you're talking about goalkeeper offsides with dereliction of view and, you know, a defender playing at a ball because a, a striker's offside, totally different. It's way more apparent when a defender has to play the ball because an offside striker is in his line of view. Yeah. Fair. All right. Uh, we'll Obviously, move on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it, do- it doesn't matter. <laughs> Should have we'll only been 8 0. We'll make it 8 0. Would Parker have kept his job if it was only 8 0? No, we're not going down I think so. We're not going down it. Um, if only Salah could be more involved next time. Uh, oh, we'll, do a, please. we'll do a fantasy update because. Um, at the highest score this week, I think it was 103 or 102 to FC Friskies. Matty Franklin, well done. Highest score this week. Congrats. And our boy, serial Man United fan. Pest. We've, uh, I deliberately have made sure that we got the Liverpool chat in before 
he got his shout out because I know he's a big United fan and he hates Liverpool. And so he's just had to listen to us talking about them being good. Uh, but Adam Leach is this week's winner with his team. Stitch. Dyslexia United. Dyslexia okay. United is uh, okay. leading the night shift fantasy league. So well done. Uh, also, shout out to Leachy's old man, Graham, Grumpy Grazza. It would have been super grumpy Sunday morning when he woke up and saw the 9-0 because he triple-captained uh, Salah. Oh, bro. Which I'm sure he's not alone in that. I'm sure lots of people did. But, yeah, triple-captained Salah in a 9-0 win and he only gets three points. That'll kill you. Oh, uh, Graham. Poor bloke. We'll move on to the next game of the round. I hope you keep listening, Adam, because we're about to talk about you a lot. you got to win, but, boy, did it suck. Once again, the early game of the round has produced 90 minutes, well, nearly 90. There was a few good patches, but mostly crap football. Southampton Man United, did you cast your eyes over this one? I unfortunately did cut my Saturday night short so they could have watched this game. And, you know, we'll talk about the result and the performance, but if we're following on from last week, this is the greatest comeback in the modern era. Here it is. It's gaining momentum, Sam. It's gaining momentum. Man United are going to win the league with these really lukewarm, substandard performances. <laughs> They're not going to win the league. They're not going to win the league. They're going to barely beat any other team, I think, this season playing like that. I, that you know, you can't walk away from that game as a neutral thinking you were entertained or as a Man United fan thinking... Okay, we're we're on the right track because you're not on the right track. You've won two games in a row. Yeah, the football is trash, man. I think the the frustrating part for United fans, uh, if I'm not sure if they'll agree with me here, but I think they they had one passage of play where they moved the ball quickly and buzzed about, and that's the passage of play where they scored their goal. Um, other than that, it was the same kind of boring. Fairly one-dimensional looking crap. But yeah, they move it quicker, had a good, you know, burst up the field and that's when they got their goal. Um, They're fortunate to have played Southampton. That's what it is. Southampton. That was going to be my next point, yeah. They're a weak team, right? They're a bottom five team. I don't think they've shown much outside of the comeback against Leeds so far that indicates that they're going to compete like regularly. And in this game, there was a great, there was so many great opportunities for them to stand their authority and they didn't do it. Well, that was, yeah, that was going to be my next point. Like Southampton definitely had their passages, uh, passages of play with that, you know, it was pretty evenly split with the ball. Um, Southampton, the nine shots off target, uh, that's crippling. And some of those were like really good half chances where you're thinking at least make the keeper save it or like, you know, has it just fizzed wide or just fizzed over, but they weren't, they were blasted into the stands, nowhere near it. I think Gineppo maybe had one. Um, Aribo definitely had one that I can recall, but yeah, they're just, I don't know. Disappointing from them. It is disappointing for Southampton because, you know, you come up against a wounded top six side and you think, okay, maybe we can take a point. Like this Real is a really great opportunity. at home. Exactly. In points that, you know, at the beginning of the season, you would have zero accumulated for. So if you can pick another one up, that's huge in staying up. And that's where Southampton are because they're not good enough to win more games than they lose this season. Yeah. I think, um, I guess for United, like 
momentum building, like you said before. And I know they were kind of like they probably should have conceded one or two, but on well, paper, on on paper, they get the clean sheet, and that's always a big confidence booster. They were extraordinarily lucky with the Mick Tomine incident. Is that is that not handball? Uh, you talking about the one where it kind of bounces down? It hits his hand three times. It hits both of his hands. <laughs> uh, I can't recall it exactly right now, but I don't remember being super outraged. Right. See, I had an, uh, that exact opposite reaction to it. It just, it looked, you know, bless McTominay. At the time, it looked like his reactions are better as a goalkeeper than as an outfield footballer. It just, it it cannot hit your arm in the box as many times as it did without it being called as interfering with a goal-scoring opportunity. Three times, man. What is the point of VAR? They looked at it. I just... Uh, it'd be, uh, it makes they me didn't call the ref over, did they? No, they didn't. It makes yeah. me a conspiracy theory because it, you think if that was in the opposite box, would it have been called? It makes you a conspiracist theory. Yeah, a theorist, potentially. But this is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, fair. I wasn't too outraged by it. I don't know. I can't really recall it though right now. So I just maybe I was so um, caught up in how crap the game was that I didn't really think anyone deserved a penalty. I don't know. It just <laughs> no one gets a gift. No one gets anything. <laughs> uh, you done with that game? Yeah, please. Yeah, That's, nice. Yeah, we'll move on. Um, I guess the the big game of the round, <laughs> not including Liverpool's nine nil, but. Man City's 4-2 win at home to Palace. Palace finding themselves 2-0 up away from home to the big boys. And then Sir Holland strikes with a fucking hattie. Oh, we're That's knighting him, one. are we? I'm knighting him. I... Go, Go on. on. Go on. Why not? He's he's superhuman. He's out of this world. The complete forward, don't you think? He's a complete forward. It's... I... <laughs> People can take the piss and say, oh, two tap-ins. But he is just always there. He's always in the right place. He did this for Dortmund so many times. He's always there. And even if it's one a half chance, he just gobbles it up. And then he gets chances like the third goal where he gets the ball fed into his feet as he's running backwards, back to goal, a kind of side on, and then just shields off the defender. They have no chance to body him and then slots it. Like, he's just a freak. His attributes are scary. It doesn't make any sense. As, like, a former Sunday League centre-back, the idea of someone being able to do that petrifies me. To to have just the awareness of where both of the centre-backs are, the agility and the mobility and the strength to cut through the pair of them. It's it's incredible. And you're like you said, this is what he's built his career on. He's shown it earlier in a couple of other games and a couple of goals that he scored, but... This was the perfect example of it. He he is something else. And he's the reason you should watch Man City every week. Yeah, he's the reason. Like I've he's the reason I want to watch Man City. Definitely. Um I've got to ask you about the there's a bit of chat about whether or not he should have been sent off for the high boot on Anderson. Uh yeah, there's uh, it almost seems seems like there's a consensus on it in that maybe he should have been sent off, but I kind of sit on the other side. He's in front of the defender. As do I. He attempts to play the ball. It's definitely not 
uh, you know, like a strikeout. He's not trying to kick the opponent. The defender stoops, and whenever you def- whenever whenever you stoop as a defender, I feel like you should be protected. And I feel like, you know, especially if you win the ball as well, you should have the referee's favor. But when you come in from behind, you know, the the, the front playing forward, you're putting yourself at risk, and you can't be too upset. I think if the guy's not sent off, because they still got a foul, didn't they? Yeah, you got the foul, and Holland is 18 feet tall. There's so, that as well. He's yeah, got I just low limbs, man. The way I just see it is like he's there's literally no malice in it. I I don't think it's even it's not particularly dangerous either. Like because he just kind of hangs his boot up there to take a touch. He's not swinging his leg at it to try and boot the ball or anything like that. He's literally just it comes up. The studs are lowered. He's just it's kind of sitting there. Um. I'm not too upset about it. I don't want to see players sent off for that. Like, I don't even think it's dangerous. Like, it's no more dangerous than if Haaland had put his head there. Yeah, precisely. Or if, you know, a defender was trying to head a ball away. I always say this. Like, defenders are constantly headering balls off goal kicks and from shots that come in 20 times harder than what that contact was there. So I don't really see the issue. Yeah, brush it off. It's not a big deal. Um, Just one more thing on City. It's weird that they're having to come from behind um, in the last couple of games to win football matches, and that's not really in the the Pep archetype. Yeah. Do you think there's like a a KP-sized hole that needs to be filled? (laughs) I'm unsure. I feel like that question was bait. I want to see him play. I just want to see him play. Yeah. He's got Rodri there. He's got De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva either side. So, Uh, shit move, Calvin. Yeah, I mean, who who even cares about Calvin right now? When well, you got Tyler Adams, we're not turning this into a Leeds thing. No, uh, just quickly, uh, Palace. I, I like the look of them. Uh, I think we've talked about them a little bit because they had the opening game of the year against Arsenal, and they had a good passage in that. They, I think, the only way that they're really going to suffer through not really having anyone else to bang goals in and help Zaha up, up the top. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. I I look at Palace and think, isn't it grim as like an emerging side with a little bit of financial backing, with a good manager, good set of players, that the best you can aim for is seventh and that there's no feasible reality where you break into the top six? Yeah. But, I, then, but then it makes me think, what does it matter? Like, what does it matter if they finish seventh or 13th? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just gives us something to talk about. Um, I think looking at their squad, it's not particularly great, I don't think, at all. But I think it's just a, you know, it it shows maybe the sort of manager that Patrick Vieira is, that his that Palace have had a lot of these players for a few, quite a few years now. Mm. Some of these guys have been part of that starting eleven, But they just look so much different under him. Um, they do. Yeah, they're like rejuvenated. They've got a different energy. Like I said, their struggle will be, you know, they were without Zaha on the weekend, but their struggle, they scored two still, but, you know, they're going to struggle without him. If Unless someone else can start putting a few goals away, then, yeah, they might find themselves closer to that 13th rather than 7th. Oh, 7th, yeah. Well, yeah. 
like I said, uh, does Patrick Vieira kind of has the next Man City manager written all over him? Ooh. You reckon? I reckon. After Pep goes, That's Vieira com- spent a couple of years there. That's a combo for another day. All right. We weren't really going to... I don't know how much we can say about this one, but Chelsea Leicester... Um, We'll start with the Gallagher red card. Did you see this? I did see this. Moron. What? There's so many moronic red cards this season. Complete idiot. Like, 80 <laughs> yards out. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. It meant nothing. Had no impact on anything. Why would it meant you do nothing. it? They get away with the win in the end as well. Um, they do. Which I is... guess that allows him to argue that, you know, Oh, you know, they could have gone 1-0 up there and then it's a different game. But, yeah, but you would have had 11 on the part. I know, just wouldn't it? Moron. Um, Maybe it more argues that he did the team a favour by getting sent off. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, the main reason I bring up this game is just because Raheem Sterling is off the mark and I thought it was worth a mention because he's been a pretty solid Premier League player over the years and he does have a habit of finding the net. And I hope he can start playing with some freedom again and good luck to him. He has. I like him. I made a good case for him to be in our FPL team. It was probably a good thing he wasn't in the first three weeks, but if he's going to score doubles every, you know, every match day, maybe it's a, it's a good option to bring him in. He has been threatening the last couple of weeks. He had a really good chance against Leeds that he spurned, and then you know Leeds kind of turned it on his head and pummeled Chelsea. But if that had went in, that's a totally different game. Yeah, I think the way I'd been, the way I said it to you off off mic earlier was that he'd been playing without luck. You know, so doing the right thing, playing playing good football, looking dangerous, but just maybe needed that little bit of luck to get off the mark and get up and going. And um, he got that. He got a nice deflection for the oh, first one, but damn, didn't you know, he get he that was, luck? He was worth his double. Yeah, and like you said, he's a great player, and he adds a different dimension to the Chelsea attack, which should make them more potent uh, than they are right now. Once he settles in, they'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. We'll smash on through because there was a bunch of other games that we're not going to really talk about, but Brighton getting the edge over Leeds, 1-0 in what sounds like a real lackluster, boring game. When do uh, they not have the edge, man? Yeah. We, Leeds bogey team. We've done both teams there a bit. Um, Arsenal beat Fulham. We've done both of those teams a bit. Villa and West Ham, just a quick mention, I guess, West Ham finally scored a goal and yeah, uh, Villa look fucking shit. Oh, bro, they are in a lot of trouble. Gerard doesn't know his best first eleven. He doesn't know. No, he still doesn't know. Uh, we we mentioned them a fair bit. Uh, we talked about them a fair bit the other week because they had that early game against Everton, <laughs> and the early games last three weeks have been <laughs> absolute stinkers. So <laughs> if that had been the early game, then it would have been fitting as well. Uh, Wolves and Newcastle won all. Alan Saint Maximum shows that he listens to our pod because we. I've well. Maybe not you, but me. I've kind of pasted him a bit as being not very good. Does one good thing every now and again. He scored a belter and uh, he did it wearing Saudi Arabian colours, Newcastle. It's fitting, isn't it? It's Mm. really nice to see him, you know, at his destructive best in the, the green and white of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, good on them. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Uh, We'll get on to the last game of the round. Um, Forest v Spurs. You catch this one. I did. I watched all of this. Lovely. I'm a massive Forest fan, Sam. I just, oh, yeah. I I love. It feels a lot like Leeds. I think because it's it's an well, old school club, a '70s powerhouse. Oh, oh sorry. Well, we. <laughs> I 
I'm just questioning your decisions, but keep going. Please. No, no. Pull me up. Pull me up. What what don't you like about no, I just I want to hear you keep going. I'm just baffled at the moment. But you keep going. Well, we did both share one Brian Clough for a small period of time, but you sacked him. As, it would, okay, he was carry forced on. out of the club, yes. I just I Went love on to win two European trophies, but carry on. <clears throat> yep. Big mistake, big mistake. He not him, Forrest. It's 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 a historical ground and it's it feels like the fan base is similar to the Leeds fan base because they've had 20 years in the doldrums. They've had to experience, you know, these kind of downs, which a lot of Premier League fans don't feel. And then when you come back up into the Premier League and you sell out, you know, a nice old school stadium that isn't one of the new modern arenas, there's something about the atmosphere and, you know, just the absolute crowd unison that's portrayed through, um, through my my television <laughs> on a Sunday evening, Monday morning, that makes me feel really excited for the Premier League. You're right. They're fair, valid points, I guess. Um, I too have enjoyed seeing Forest so far this year. I thought they were awful against Newcastle in the was it the opening round against Newcastle. I thought they were awful and they barely they could barely get a touch of the ball. They didn't throw a punch. They didn't. No, they didn't even throw a jab. They got nothing. But they've come along slightly. They just or they just keep building and building. Um, similar to what I said about Raheem Sterling, I feel like they've been playing a bit without luck, and they definitely were in this game. Um, Spurs definitely had their chances and were worthy of their two 0 win. But uh, Forest also, you know, were creating and causing <laughs> mate, being a bit of a nuisance for Spurs. That's what I thought. I thought they were relentless. There was wave after wave of attack in the first half. They were maintaining good possession. You know, they were having plenty of attempts at goal. You can't really ask much more of a newly promoted side when they're playing one of the established sides in the Premier League. Uh, they they played without fear. And that's exactly what you want to watch as a neutral. And if you're in that forest ground, that's exactly what you want to see as well. So I've got total respect for Forest right now. I'm so glad I tried to redux our uh, Premier League relegation positions last last week because <laughs> I really want them to stay up and I can see them staying up if they play like this. Yeah, well, where they're sitting at the moment, they've got four points from four games. It's not really worth reading into the table positions at the moment, but um, I think looking at the football, they have shown uh, I can see them comfortably staying up as well. Yeah, when you've got teams like Everton, Southampton below you, definitely. And have we mentioned yet that they play without a front of shirt sponsor? I, yeah, I think we have. But I uh, freaking love that. Yeah, I th- we did mention it because I think I said I'm not sure they'll love it when they're under financial pressure pretty soon. But it's brilliant. if they're going to sign player after player after player and not have a front of shirt sponsor, you know. Mm. Mm, see where you go with that. <laughs> if he, right. I'm, I'm keen to see how it goes. Flip the script, a little bit of Spurs action. Um, yep. Conte is making my son upset, and I'm not happy about it, Sam. I'm not happy. Is that an uh, attempt at humor? It's not an attempt at humor. Oh, okay. I'm just not happy that Conte I didn't know you had a son. And okay. he's upset, man. He's upset. Yeah, my Korean son. Son started. He did start, but when he come off, he was not happy about it. Oh, and he's been subbed well, now for like three games in a row. Yeah. And I feel his pain. Deal with it, you suck. 
he's not a sook. He's bringing on Richarlison, man. Yeah, no, nah, that was gonna be that was gonna be my point anyway. That I would be fucking pissed if I was getting taken off for Richarlison as well. That's probably he's so visibly unhappy because he's like this shitbag. Seriously, this dribbling, juggling motherfucker during the game. <laughs> this is who you want on the field. Look at him. How much joy did everyone get out of seeing Richarlison get chopped for that? I've never seen the internet so united behind a single cause of which he deserved it. <laughs> Including Spurs fans, I think. Yeah, there's probably a huge portion of them. Like, there's no need for that shithousery here. You're playing Forest, man. Don't what was start the, um, juggling it on the sidelines. What was that meme going around a while ago about Richarlison that said something about, like, I've never seen a guy with, like, the ego of Diego Maradona with the skill of, like, Marcus Bent. <laughs> It's like, and no, so accurate. No, no truer meme has ever been created. It, uh, I, I thought he was going to be massive when he signed for Everton, and he was he's young. He still is young, but he just doesn't have it in him. I don't think. I don't think he's got the bottle for it. You don't reckon? I reckon this is the beginning of the Richarlison explosion under Conte. No, you don't. And for Spurs, no, I do. You don't it, think that, surely. Him juggling the ball, I quite enjoyed. I think that's funny. Like, I really, I think that's kind of a funny thing to do to go to a promoter team and like flop your dick out on the table and do that. But he played for he, Everton, for fuck's sake. He did, but now he plays for Spurs under a Premier League winning manager and a Champions League winning manager. And he's <laughs> in a position now that he can do this kind of thing. Gross. And so why not? But equally, I love that he got chopped. And I think if you're going to do that, you deserve to be chopped. And I'm glad he didn't get sent off for it either because it just, it felt right. <laughs> so what you're saying is juggle it, get chopped. Yellow card. Move don't on. get sent off. Yeah. Carry on. Carry on. Yeah, basically. If you want to showboat, uh, sh- if you want to showboat. 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 If, that was my bot malfunctioning. If you want to showboat, then you deserve to get chopped. That's. That that's in the rules. It's in the rules. It's section eighteen point eight. I'm telling you. Yeah, something like that. We'll, we'll take that. Don't look it up though, guys. Don't look. No, that please up. don't don't fact check us, man. Um, our man Harry Kane after last week, after we blew him up and said how good he was, bang bang, pops up with a double. Could have been exactly. a third. Uh, he was helped out by some of the some of the worst marking you'll ever see in a Premier League game for his second goal. Yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, he sent you a thank you message after he did. After he scored a double. Yeah, two, really two boys. He waits. He waits he and he listens. And as soon as we slag him or G him up, either way. You just got caned. Exactly. And is there a better <laughs> is there a better like weapon <laughs> than getting caned? I don't know. Kane. That's what ruined all the boomers was getting caned. So yeah, I mean it's effective, I'm telling you. <laughs> But is there not? Do not do not think Spurs are just so fucking boring? Are they not just the worst team to watch right now? Ah, uh, this is Conte. It's Conte, but it's also Spurs because they're they're play they're bought in. They're playing his style. They're playing yeah. his function. It's it, it, yeah, it's probably more Spurs than it is Conte. Um, I think I don't know. There's this weird thing with Conte. Like I've always, I've spoken on here before that I'm a big fan of his. And I loved watching his inter team play. But then when you think about it deeper, you realize like 
this, this weird like myth about it where they do still score goals, <laughs> like capable of scoring lots of goals, but often looking like they don't want to. And why weird. would you not want to when you're the best players in the yeah. country, if not the I world? Don't know. Um, hey, under the radar, Rodrigo Bentancur mm. signing for Spurs. I don't know how this wasn't made a... I don't, I don't recall seeing much in the media about it, but pretty big move. This guy's a Juve for a long time. This is a big move. We, I think we touched on this last season when he came across. Didn't he come across on loan to begin with? He played a couple of games and now he's there permanently. I, he's a phenomenal signing and is the kind of midfield stability that you're absolutely striving for in the Premier League. It's the kind of thing that Liverpool could only dream of at the moment, unless you're playing Fabinho, in which case you win 9-0. Yeah. Nonetheless, they got great balance, Spurs, definitely. Yeah. Uh, ben Tanku has spent five years at Juve. came across in January last year. Yeah, January he moved. But he's still only 25 as well. And I I really like him in that centre midfield pairing with Hoiberg because I really rate him too. Hoiberg, the, out, uh, the ultimate banter king. Yeah. Rid- ridiculous um, kind of temperament they have on the field right now, Spurs. With Harry Kane and Richarlison and Hoiberg. And it's it's one of those teams that are absolutely gonna get under people's skin and they're gonna cause upsets. Oh, left they right get and under my skin every time I look at them. Oh dude, I hate them. And I don't even hate Man United. Man United I pity, but it's Spurs, <laughs> I hate them. Who are you as a Leeds fan to pity Man United? Excuse me, we have more points <laughs> than Man United, so check yourself. Yeah, all they need to do is get rid of Eric Dyer and I'll, I'll I'll feel a bit better about him. That'll be fine. Can't stand Eric Dyer. He's got to charge the stands and punch someone again and get a lifetime ban. Is he the most non-footballer-looking footballer? Ooh, good question. It's a good category. I'm not sure. De Gea always reminds me of kind of like a mountain goat and I feel like he'd be better served as like a Sherpa's assistant. De Gea looks like someone who lives in Whoville. Have you seen the Grinch? <laughs> the Who's? They got those noses. I don't know. Is it reminds a, me of them. Or like that, that a, kid. Is that, that a kid. Seuss reference? <laughs> yeah, Doctor Seuss. Yeah, absolutely. Or that kid in um, the kid in Jumanji with Robin Williams when he turns into a monkey and his nose goes weird. I don't know why. Yeah. That's just he's got that that kind of face. I don't know. Now we're we're shaming people's looks. That's what we've. we've that's what we've lowered this. ourselves into. And I blame Spurs and Bournemouth. For that. And Conte. Yeah. Um, let's finish off the Premier League there. Um, how about a quick little Ange watch? Ange watch. We haven't done it in ages. Yeah, we should do. a uh, quick shout out. Yeah, Rangers got through to the next stage of uh, something, something. Yeah, they won something. Yeah. Congratulations, um, PSV, whatever. But Celtic won 9 nil. I'm sorry, um, how many? 9 nil. Um, and they the won question Liverpool has to be asked. No, 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 no. Liverpool won Celtic to nil. That's okay. what happened here. Um, who's a more dangerous opponent, Dundee United or Bournemouth? You've got really got to ask yourself a question. As far as I know, Dundee United haven't sacked their coach yet. So uh, that, to me, says they're a stronger club and that Celtic's performance is better than Liverpool's. I wholeheartedly agree. I saw I saw the streak for the Dundee United manager, and it's like one win in fourteen. So if there was ever a manager to be sacked, it's probably him. <laughs> it should be. Maybe they can give Scott Parker that job. 
I'm not sure oh. he'd want to go to Scotland. Oh my god, dude, we have to ring his agent. That's such a yeah. great move for him. Hey, go to Dundee. Yeah, if if it's not already on their cards, they're not doing their job properly. Do you want to talk about Celtic and how good they are? You can do. You can if you want. I don't want to do it because I'm a Celtic fan and people think I'm being biased. But they are really good. I think you can be just a touch enthusiastic about uh, the side that you support winning 9-0. It doesn't happen every week. Was that not not was that the biggest win in Celtics history since 1953 or something? Unsure. It was pretty ferocious. Um, Kyogo scored the first three with a Hattie, and one of them was a top bin, absolute belter. Uh, they just played some brilliant football, and Dundee could get nowhere near them. A bit similar to the Liverpool-Bournemouth in the sense that, um, you know, while the winning team was clinical, the other team was, you know, just nowhere near them and just atrocious. But, you know, you've got to be good enough to do it, I guess. Of course. Um, do you think, Sam, do you think it's interesting that when Liverpool beat Bournemouth 9-0, we just kind of sit here and accept it as like, okay, that's the disparity between the great teams in the world and the Premier League fodder. But then when you see Celtic win 9-0, the immediate reaction is, oh, Scottish football sucks, doesn't it? Isn't this just a big <laughs> bag of dicks? <laughs> yeah. I saw, well, on that note, I saw lots of memes this week about, um, you know, because every time PSG pumps someone or Bayern Munich pumps someone to nil, everyone's always like, oh, look, a farmer's league. But when Liverpool win 9-0, it's just, oh, yeah, oh, the boys, oh, the dead guys scoring goals, oh, uh, you never walk alone, yeah. It's a graveyard, yeah, Lee. <laughs> yeah, we've gone off track, but, yeah, Celtic, well done, good. No, I appreciate it. Um, Moy came on against tired legs, admittedly, but did look fucking brilliant. Did impress, yeah. Can, can play a ball. Hold His passing right. range is excellent. He's the perfect, he's going to be the perfect squad player this year for Celtic. He'll have a big role to play once the European games start rolling in. Um, yeah. yeah. For sure. And, and getting himself a visit to the uh, Bernabeu this year because they got Real Madrid in the group stage. Um, it's yeah. brilliant. But also coming up against Shakhtar and Leipzig, which are interesting opponents for Celtic and almost winnable games. Almost. Uh potentially. I was saving it, but thanks for just going ahead there. But um Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just no, that's okay. I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, we might leave it there because I think we've got a scheduled in. We're planning to do a Champions League preview pod in the coming week because that all kicks off next week. Um, by the time people listen to this, there'll be more Premier League games have played. It's all coming thick and fast now as they try to cram everything in before the World Cup. So plenty of football to watch, plenty of money to be made, plenty of multis to have been killed. Um, <laughs> do you have a multi-killer from this week? Just Not quickly? this. Uh, oh, no, nah, I didn't really. My multis were shit ass. Oh, I was just, I was really off the boil. Mm. I just want to say more night shift to be listened to. Yeah, more night shift to be listened to. Definitely. Um, I'll just quickly throw in my multi-killer was uh, Napoli. Oof. I went to my old trusted Syria multi and uh, Napoli drew nil all with, ooh, I want to say Fiorentina. Okay, we'll go with that. Away, which was, oh, yeah, yeah, disappointing. But yeah, multi-killer. Put them down for one. Another yeah. one in the spreadsheet. Plenty of night shift football to come. Plenty happening. The football coming thick and fast. Oh, yeah. Uh, how thick? Yeah. Uh, uh, how thick you want it? Probably best if we just end it now. All right. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you next week.